dead body through the West. Say the body's worth one hell of a pretty penny. October 5th, 1871. A hand reaches up to grab the end of a boulder. A pair of eyes raise above the rock and peer down to a valley. The eyes stalk a man on a horse as he trudges through the ravine. He carries with him a body-sized bag. Two more sets of eyes appear over the rock. They whisper to each other and disappear beyond the edge. Below, the rider slowly pulls back on the reins of the horse as he glares to the spot where the sets of eyes once haunted. The wind blows the trees. The horse rocks back and forth, unsteady. The band pulls his coat off his gun to keep it ready. He continues forward with his mount. The eyes of the natives glimmer as they catch the faint dying daylight appearing in the woods at the end of the valley. One by one, they plant themselves behind the trees. The rider keeps the horse moving forward towards the foliage, seemingly unaware of his enemy's advances. The watchers hold long, dark bows. Their silent fingers tug against the strings. The rider enters the forest, passing under the canopy of leaves, spots of shadows falling over him. His plan, like himself, becomes hidden in the shadows. The horse and the rider pass through a thicket, then the horse emerges, riderless. The body bag still draped over the stallion's back. The eyes peer back and forth amongst each other in confusion. The horse passes the watchers. They whisk away after the steed, wasting no more time on the thought of the vanished rider. One stays his watch. One mounts the horse to pull it steady. The other moves to the body-sized bag and cuts it free. The one with the bag slides open the cord, tethering its contents closed. It opens, and a pale, unblinking face stares back. The one with the bag recoils wordlessly. The horse startles. The other eyes shift towards the bag, observing its horror. A dead man, mangled from months of decay, one eye gone, teeth missing, and bugs crawling all over. A crunch of twigs. They all turn. At the edge of the thicket, one of their own, half-crouched with her eyes in shock, remains perfectly still. A tarnished glint of steel burrows its way through her hair, leading up to the gloved hand of the rider. The rider steps out from behind the watcher, revealing himself to the others. He lowers his pistol, though he keeps it tightly grasped. They all wait silent. The rider speaks first. When he does, they flinch in surprise, an accented yet strangely fluent version of their own tongue. You followed me for three days. You are haunting this land. I'm just passing through. You brought the devil here. Burn this body, its spirit, this prisoner. Its spirit is my prisoner. Leave the body, and I will let you all live. If I catch your eyes on the trees again, I will return to burn your home. The rider tosses his captive to her knees. She recovers and stands with a broken bow. 
peering at the man with consummate rage. What is your name? Why? I will tell your story to our young. The rider does not reply. The eyes pick up their pieces and leave through the forest. They disappear behind the trees. Chapter 1. Mama and the Animals Blizzard roars heavily along the mountainsides. The evergreens are barely visible under the plumes of snow. The wind shakes them one by one, creating an avalanche across the sky. A shadowy blur of black emerges from the dense fog of snow. It is the rider. His name is Christian. He is a deeply haunted man who appears as a thin gaunt figure grizzled by an unkempt beard, a long-brimmed hat, and a long cattle coat protecting him from the finer elements all while he struggles in waist-high snow, pulling his horse through the hell with him. The body bag, with Christian's dead prize inside, is refixed to the top of the horse. Thunder rumbles in the clouds along the mountains. Christian pauses to catch his breath. He turns and is immediately startled by a bear holding a lantern above its off-kilter head. Hello, friend. The bear is no bear at all. Only a bear's skin and fur draped across a very sickly-looking man whose physique still resembles the grizzly the fur once belonged to. Its head sits slightly at an angle upon the man's head. He stands above Christian on top of a rock protruding from the snow. He is at home in the snow. Hell of a time to try to cross. Christian, who at once was surprised, is undeterred by the man. He speaks finally. Only out of necessity. The horse pulls its reins from Christian's hands. Beast is spooked. Just both tired. Tired? I could offer you somewhere. To lay your head. Christian considers the proposition. It's no trouble, friend. I won't lay my head. Maybe somewhere warm to sit until all this passes. Won't be passing. Won't be till the daisies when it's all done. Bearman's eyes drift to the body bag on the horse. What's in the bag, friend? Nothing worth talking over. Bearman's head cocks again. Sniffs <sighs> while his eyes linger on the bag. There's a few of us in the brush just ahead. We have a fire. Mama is cooking our dinner meal. Not much, but it's home. Christian nods. Bearman's smile reaches his ear. He cocks his head again. This way, then. 
Berryman disappears into the trees. Christian follows, pulling his horse into the cavernous evergreens. Berryman's lantern swings from side to side, illuminating the haunting shadows of the evergreens like a pendulum. The snow slowly tapers off the deeper they get. It's now only just above Christian's boot. Bearman begins to whistle the tune. They approach what looks like a small, rustic makeshift hut that reaches to about 15 feet in the air, built alongside an overturned evergreen. Where are you heading? Through the mountains. <laughs> you don't say! They emerge at the opening of the hut. The atmosphere is soothing and a complete contrast of the outside wall. A woman, Mama, cuts away meat from an exotic ribcage. Mama! I found another one in the mountains. Mama turns to look at their new guest. Her chilling appearance is not soothed by her smile. Hello, dear. She says to Christian. Christian looks around the hut, taking note of its suspicious circumstances. The sound of crackling wood fills the air, while pieces of millions of different lives clutter the space. Impossible to believe that it all belongs to Mama and Bear Man. Two very out-of-place men sit atop a luggage case, dressed in the finest attire, next to the fire, clutching their dress hats in their laps. We found these two men just like you. Bill raises his hands to say hello. Hello, sir. Their wagon hit some rocks and pulled their horse straight down the mountain. Driver and all. It's true. Riley, Bill's plumper friend, adds. We have been traveling for days. Weeks. Weeks, Bill replies, correcting the actual truth. What for? For the great American dream. Mama continues to cut away at the disgusting ribs as Bear Man moves into the hut and uncomfortably kisses Mama on the lips. Christian continues deeper into the hut and takes his place sitting across from Bill and Riley. We have found land. Land. Like nothing no one has ever seen before. It is right. Filled with oil so much so that when you hit the ground with your pickaxe, it will spray you in your face. It's Mama and Bearman look to the two talkers as their joy hits a peak. Bearman grabs a few vials of liquid and prepares a warm drink for the three men. You look like a hearty man. A man of stout conviction. Headed to take aim at the world when it comes knocking on his doors. Well, sir, how would you like to be rich? We would offer this to y'all, but, but why would you move from such a fine establishment? Riley shouts to Mama and Bearman, who continue to work. The offer, my good man, is for a man who can guarantee our safe travel and survival out of these mountains and into the great city of Denver, where you will be richer than any man before that has worn such a scraggly beard as yourself. Bearman moves over to the men discussing business and hands them hard tin mugs of some sort of warm brewed concoction. Christian looks into the mug, swishing it around. It's thick like molasses and with a layer of sludge that has not been blended yet. Thank you. Kindly. The warmth is good. What do you say, my man? I only have one horse. Well, perhaps we can switch off riding on the horse. No. Kind sir, if not for the money. Do it for the humanity. We may not look like much or seem like much in this wilderness, but we have fight and fortitude, both of which have weathered storms much harder than this. In the great New York City, one could not travel from work to home without knowing how to keep his wits about him. Bill ends his statement by taking a big dramatic drink of Bearman's brew. 
Riley has begun to sweat. He wipes his forehead and palms with his handkerchief. Christian leans in to inspect Riley as he has now noticed him become pale and ill. Mama continues to cut off the meat along the exotic ribs. She looks over her shoulder to the three men and clicks at Bearman. Drink, Bearman says to Christian. Christian looks at Bearman whose counterfeit smile has disappeared. Christian looks back to Riley and Bill just as Riley falls over to his side. Riley? Bill asks, confused from already beginning to feel the effects of the drug in Bearman's drink. Bill becomes pale and blue and in a horrifying instant falls straight into the fire pit, knocking over the pot boiling meat just above it. He screams as his body begins to burn. He's paralyzed and unable to move off of the fire. Christian lunges up in one motion while whipping out his pistol to put Bearman to bed, but he knocks it clean out of Christian's hand and cracks Christian over the head with a rock that splits into pieces upon contact. Christian's hat flies off and Bearman takes Christian's mug filled with his drink and forces it to Christian's lips. Christian clutches his lips closed as Bearman fights to pry it open. Bill is still screaming bloody murder as Mama comes over and peels him off of the fire. His flesh is now quite seared and he continues to scream. So Mama cracks him over the head with a displaced pot of meat. No! Riley screams, paralyzed but still conscious. Christian is still struggling to break free. He's strong. Christian breaks out and rises to his feet, launching Bearman's drink into the air. God damn it! That's a holy god! Stop that! Christian crashes into the pillars of trinkets and ornaments from dozens of families that have fallen for this trap before as he moves for the exit. Suddenly, men appear in the makeshift door frame just the same as Bearman, but dressed as a wolf and a moose. They are rough folk who have been lost in the woods for a long, long time. The moose grabs Christian by the throat and lifts him into the air. Christian gasps for air. Bearman moves over to Christian and wraps a piece of clothing across his face, continuing to suffocate him. Christian slowly loses consciousness. Moose drops him to the ground. Singing sounds catch the attention of Riley, who has been placed in a sitting position, panting in the corner. His body is propped up by broken chair legs, and his arms dangle off to the side. Moose and Wolf sit hunched next to the fire, whispering to each other. Mm, any of them sick? None that I can see. Fire cures sickness. Mama interjects as she moves over to them with freshly sharpened, medieval-like carving tools. I was sick from the boy. You were sick because you stayed in the cold for two days looking for that boy. Fire cures sickness. Nothing to be gained from them but their soul and their strength. Might I ask? Riley begins to speak, but his body and mind are dazed from the psychedelic effect of Bear Man's paralyzation cocktail. What is this? They all turn to face Riley like a demented children's novel cover. Mama emerges from the center and her walk turns into a crawl as she moves to Riley. It is cold out here. No room for anything but wolves and spiders. Where is Bill? Moose leans into the new kettle hanging over the fire and pulls out a steaming piece of meat and hands it to her. You must be very hungry. Mama raises the meat to Riley's face. Riley drifts his head away as he refuses to take it. Mama places it against his cheek. 
Why don't you want this? I don't know. I am hungry. Eat it. Maybe we could see if Bill will try it first. He always could help me with things like this. I'm sick to many foods. Bill can't try it. Why not? Eat this, dear. She softly but firmly grabs Riley by the cheeks and places the meat to his lips. She forces him to open his mouth with her hand, and just as it's about to enter his mouth, Bearman crashes through the opening, dragging behind him Christian's body-sized bag. Look at this. What is it? He untethers it. It's a bag with a man inside of it. Bearman grabs the bag from the side and flips it over. The decaying body crashes out of the bag onto the ground in full display of the family. Oh my god. Who is this? The wind is loud again. The comforting sound of shelter is gone. Christian slowly opens his eyes. He is in the blizzard once again, hands tied together and raised high above his completely naked body that is about 20 yards away from Mama's hut. Blood drips from Christian's forehead and nose into the white snow as he shakes uncontrollably from the cold. Wolves howl once again in the deep distance. Christian tries to shake himself too. The sound of small footsteps in the snow can be heard lurking around him. Bearman emerges from the opening of the hut covered in blood that sticks his fur together. He makes his way out to Christian who notices and pulls on the rope hanging above his head trying to break free. Bearman slowly reaches Christian who has now become exhausted from trying to pull on his binds like a fly in a web. Bearman takes Christian by the hair to steady his head and look into his eyes. He wipes the blood that drips from Christian's nose. Who is in the bag? Christian is unable to respond as his eyes begin to roll onto the back of his head. Tell me! I can't believe it. Is that who we think it'd be? They said no one saw him in a long, long time. You found him and brought him to us. Bearman moves his face into Christian's face. Everything is ours. Bearman headbutts Christian and he falls even lower and dangles. <laughs> Bearman laughs as he cuts the rope hanging Christian from the trees. He grabs the tiny piece left of the rope and pulls Christian by it back to the hut. Christian's naked body scrapes all along the snow and ice, waking him with his own screams of pain. They enter the hut together once again. Moose, Wolf, and Mama pick apart meat off of bones as they turn to receive an answer from Bearman. The place where Riley once sat is empty now. Christian's dead prize sits just outside the bag. Bearman lets go of Christian's rope and Christian falls into the dirt, still naked and shaking. He won't tell me, Bearman says to the family. Fine, we eat it anyway. It's tainted, though. Fire cures sickness. Someone so rare as this. It's tainted. Then don't eat. <clears throat> Bearman moves over to the body-sized bag with an axe. The arm, dear. Bearman chops away at the dead man's arm. 
It crunches like a wrap of dry twigs. He does it again and again until it's severed. Bearman walks the dead appendage to the fire and places it on the rack over the fire. The sound of air leaving the dried out arm is heard. Mama looks over her shoulder to Christian with sinister victory across her face. Wolf looks to the cooking dead arm in disgust. Mama glares up to him. Something so rare as this cannot be passed. Moose and Bearman are nervous. Mama is undeterred. That should be long enough. Bearman pulls the arm off the rack. They begin to peel pieces off and consume the arm like wild hogs, while Wolf waits for the feasting to finish. Mama, who continues to eat everything she can, again looks to Christian laying in the dirt. Take his hand and bring it here. Someone that killed this man is just as strong. Wolf takes the axe from Bearman's hand and moves over to Christian, who still appears semi-unconscious. It looks sick. Wolf states to Mama, who rolls her eyes. Is you sick? No response. Wolf leans down and begins to hoist up Christian. In a shock to the cannibals in the tent, Christian grabs Wolf's face to smash their faces together, spreading Christian's blood all over Wolf's face and open mouth. No! Wolf shouts as he begins to scream in blood-curdling pain as he wipes away Christian's blood from his face. He's sick! Wolf falls to the ground and Christian drops atop him, crushing Wolf's face and shaking his blood all over him. God damn this! Mama shouts, moving to help the situation. Christian won't let that happen as he pries the axe from Wolf's hands, quickly stands up, raising the axe above his head and lunges it right down into the middle of Wolf's skull in a single deadly crunch. Mama cries a most primal scream, which launches Bearman into a rage as he lunges for Christian, who places his bare foot on Wolf's teeth to stabilize the head and removes the axe from the skull and slams it right into Bearman's chest, crushing his lungs. Bearman gasps for air. Christian pushes him through the fire as everything from the fire sails out of the pit, including the kettle filled with what's left of Riley and Bill. Moose and Mama scatter for tools. Christian spots his belt and gun hanging from a rack of dozens of other belts and pistols. He lunges for it and removes the revolver and fires a shot through Moose's head. He crashes into the collection of bloody pots and pans. Christian quickly recovers and fires at Mama who had begun to approach him with a cleaver. The shot hits her chest and sends her slamming into the ground. Christian pants heavily as he moves over to the top of Mama who squirms on the ground. He doesn't hold back, firing the rest of the revolver into Mama. She finally stops, dead. It's quiet again now. Christian quickly begins to look for his clothes, which are nowhere to be found. He finds new ill-fitted clothing from the piles and piles of clothes, shoes, and boots from the many victims of the hut. He slowly crawls into them one by one. He finds a long fur-lined leather coat. He covers himself with it. He finds a large, broken and beaten leather long-brimmed hat. He places it atop his head. Christian peers around the hut. He piles any other useful belongings he can find into a large sack. Christian moves over to his disheveled, mangled dead prize. He opens the bunny-sized bag and pushes his now one-armed trophy back inside. Christian pulls a rifle that lays next to the door and drags the body out to the horse. After fixing it to his horse once again, he re-enters the hut. He takes a log by the fire and places one end into the fire pit. It slowly catches fire. He launches it into the hut, igniting a small blaze. As Christian begins to leave, he notices the large luggage box by the fire. 
This is the box that both Bill and Riley unknowingly sat on. Christian moves over to the box to see what supplies could be hidden inside. He slowly unlatches the rusty locks and lifts it open to loud creaks. Inside lies a crushed, dirty, mangy, little blonde girl who appears no older than seven in a long white nightgown. Christian is taken aback as the fire continues to engulf the hut. He pushes back the hair of the small girl. Her dazed eyes slowly begin to open. The hut and the hell from inside slowly ignite and burn, clearing a small path through the blizzard. flies along a peaceful plain as the sun slowly disappears behind the mountain range and the villainous blizzard that reigns over it. The hawk's call pierces through the dead silence and the faint sound of the tall grass blowing in the wind. Christian watches the hawk as himself, the horse, and the little girl move along the plains. The little girl, now very much awake after the weeks it has been since we have seen them last, sits atop the horse, wrapped in bear man's fur. Christian had done his best to wash out the blood. It now just appears as mud. Christian, still wearing the ill-fitted clothing from the hut, pulls the reins of his horse, free now of the mountains. He pauses to catch his breath, basking in the last bit of sunlight before it disappears behind the storm and the last thunderous rumble that appears to call out for him to come back. He looks to the little girl. For weeks, he has never had the heart to ask her what happened to her up there alone with Mama and the animals. He could only imagine. He would never ask. I don't know what you want. I'll keep you with me. Until you find something you're comfortable with. I have to get to Missouri with this. I have small children. They've been alone for weeks, waiting for me. The little girl only nods and wraps herself tighter in Bear Man's fur. She seems distant, but Christian brings her peace. Christian nods back and they continue again across the plains as the hawk feasts on a rabbit not far away. thunderous snowstorm rumbles again as they disappear into the vast plain continuing east, continuing to attract the eyes of hell. Carry me home when the light in my eyes does fade. Carry me home when the shadow comes to take me away. Down in the ground 
Release my soul 